0: Hello and welcome back to Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week's guest is no stranger to the podcast. It's Crystal Payne of Money Saving Mom. Her first appearance was almost a year ago, and it was one of the most popular episodes of the podcast. She was then gracious enough to join me again in the 50th episode dedicated to tools, where a bunch of the past guests came back and talked all about a specific tool that they can't live without. This time around, Crystal has a new book out that I was very excited to hear about. The book is called Say Goodbye to Survival Mode. Nine Simple Strategies to Stress Less, Sleep More, and Restore Your Passion for Life. She's branched out into not just talking about saving money, but having intentional finance, intentional family, an intentional business, and that key word being intentional, that you decide to do what you need to do in order to get what it is you want and to have the life that you want. And I think you'll hear that passion coming from her in this interview. So let me get out of the way so that you can listen to everything that she has to say. But first, let me tell you that this week's sponsor is Audiobooks.com. Audiobooks.com has 40,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers, new releases, classic favorites, They've got a bunch of books by people that have been on this show before, including David Allen, Jay Bear, Chris Brogan, Lauren Vanderkam, and many others. What I love about audiobooks.com is that you can preview as many books as you like before you even sign up, get a listen for them, a feel for them, if they're a fit for you in terms of audiobooks. I, I know that an audiobook it can be a commitment because, again, you're talking about hours of content, which are great for all the different places you would listen to podcasts as well. And what's even better is that audiobooks.com... You can stream those books from audiobooks.com, the audiobooks.com app on your Apple or Android devices, or on your desktop. And you can seamlessly switch between all those different devices without losing your place in the book. To get your free audiobook, go to audiobooks.com slash to-do, that's T-O-D-O, and you can grab your first audiobook for free. Well, welcome back for the third time, Crystal Payne of Money Saving Mom. Thanks for coming back, Crystal.
1: Thanks for having me back again. I guess, you know, third time's a charm.
0: Yeah. It's almost like two and a half because the, the second time was more the tools episode and it was, you know, brief. And this time's interesting because you've got a book, like a full-blown, like, it's published, it's tangible, I'm holding it right now. Awesome, like, book. It's called Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, Nine Simple Strategies to Stress Less Sleep More and Restore Your Passion for Life. And it's a beautiful cover.
1: Thank you. We are so excited about it.
0: And you were just on Good Morning America.
1: I was. It was very exciting. I had a a very exciting four days. I did 27 interviews in about four or five hours um, and then did a lot of meetings in New York City with a bunch of different magazines and um, TV shows. So that was quite Quite an adventure. I've never even been to New York City before. So.
0: Oh, it's awesome, isn't it?
1: You know, I <laughs> enjoyed. It was, you know, very surreal to be in Times Square mm-hmm. and things like that, but I really, you know, was ready to come back home to my yoga pants and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So.
0: <laughs> right. It's it's good to experience, I should say.
1: Yes, it was it, it, a good experience, yeah. I crossed it off my bucket list. I went to New York, and we also went to New Jersey for some meetings, so now I have two more states that I've been to, but, you know, I I like Kansas.
0: <laughs> Although you're moving to Nashville soon, aren't you?
1: That's right, we are. We're very excited about that.
0: That's awesome. You'll be down there with, with all the other folks. People that I've interviewed, basically
1: all the cool people. Yes, people
0: keep joking to me that it's like it's. Hey, you just keep interviewing people in Nashville. I'm just like that's where they all are. I don't pick where they live. I just pick the person. So, so speaking of Nashville, and this ties into the book title, my wife and I went to John Acuff's start conference back in September of 2013. We, we went to the conference together. It was really great experience to to experience that together she turns to me in the car on the way home and just says something along the lines of that she was sick of living in survival mode. So when I saw the title of your upcoming book, I thought, ooh, that's that, that hurts. That's, that hits home. That's right where people need to be talking about. And so what is your definition of survival mode?
1: It's going to look a little bit different for everyone, but the pervading – place that you're going to be in is when you feel like you're just stuck. You feel like every day you wake up, you're kind of not looking forward to your day. It's like you get out of bed, take a big sigh, and it's like, oh, another day. I have to get up and face it. I'm exhausted. My to-do list is even longer. And you really just want to crawl back in bed because life is overwhelming.
0: I think that's the thing, that we've all felt that. At some point in time, whether it's been an ongoing thing that maybe we've been numb to to a certain extent, you know, do you have any kind of idea? How do we how do we get stuck in that survival mode? Is it a slow process? You know, it creeps up on us or maybe we don't even notice it and we've been living there for a long time.
1: That was definitely my story. And I think for most people, it's a similar process where you have all these great things that you want to do but you start taking too much on. So for me, it was that I started my first blog and when I had my first child, and then I had my second child, and I thought, this blogging thing is so great. I'm going to start a second blog. And then I had my third child, and I thought, this blogging thing is really great. I'm going to start a third blog. So I had three blogs that I was running, three children, and then those blogs were opening up other doors where you know, it was this great opportunity and this great connection and thing after thing after thing after thing in the whole, you know, work realm of my life. Plus then there was the family realm and our social realm. And I just kept saying yes to all these things and all these people because I felt obligated. I didn't want anyone to look at me and think, what's her problem? Why can't she get her act together? And so it was that fear of failure. It was that feeling of obligation. It was also that guilt that I put on myself of, I should be able to do all of this. And so it was, it just was a gradual process, this gradual downhill spiral until I got into this pit where I was so far behind, so exhausted and so burnt out And yet there were so many to do's piled up that I couldn't even see how bad it was. But it started wearing down my health and I was getting sick every three weeks. I would be in bed with a really high fever and just extreme pain throughout my body for a few days. Um, My marriage was really suffering. My kids were suffering, I mean, just because our home was chaotic life felt very out of control. It was such a place of despair that I just couldn't even realize how bad it was until we were getting ready to move and I was involved in this really big project with some other bloggers and it was all kind of coming to a head at one time. And I looked ahead at my next six weeks and I knew that you know, there was no way humanly possible I could make it through the next six weeks. Even if I didn't sleep at all and some miraculous superpowers came over me, I just couldn't do all that I needed to do in those next six weeks. And I remember coming to my husband and saying to him, I am completely overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I'm burnout. And I do not know what to do. And I expected that he was going to just pat me on the back and tell me, you know, you're doing a great job. Just keep it up. Come on, I'll help you. And he looked at me and looked straight, straight in my eyes and he said, you know, you're bringing this all on yourself. And those were not the words that I wanted to hear, but they were the exact words that I needed to hear in that moment because I needed someone to wake me up to the fact that I was the problem, but I was also the solution. And when I got over my, you know, frustration and anger at him for having <laughs> the gumption to say something like that to me, I realized that he was really right. And that was the breaking point for me that started me on this journey of, you know, taking small little steps to get out of that place of despair and survival mode.
0: Okay. A couple of things. One... <laughs> I, f- I find it hilarious that you were alternating starting new blogs with starting having new kids.
1: I don't, I, I guess it's good that we stopped at three. Otherwise, yeah. you know, <laughs> we could really be in a bad place, but you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was every pregnancy. I get this like burst of creative energy right. and, uh, and stupidity at the same time to think to start another blog or what, but I'm very, I have so much that I want to share and say and a lot of times then I just tend to bite off more than I can chew because I want to share 10 posts in one day and so it seemed logical well let's just start three blogs and then I can you know have all those ten posts scattered over those three blogs instead of ten posts on one blog a day? But yes, I was ridiculously crazy.
0: Yeah, well, and I know now that uh, you know you've branched out into more than just saving people money. You're, you're honestly, you're saving them sanity. Well, I mean, that's the point of the book is you're you're helping them with not just managing the the resource of money, but the resource of time and focus and their attention and things like that. So, did those blogs all get folded into the existing now money saving mom?
1: Somewhat. Um, I think that we're actually getting ready to, we're doing a big site overhaul that the site is going to somewhat look the same. It's going to be new colors and a new design. We're not going to completely radically change anything. People freak out if it's too much change at once, but I'm going to have a new tagline, which I'm really excited about. And that is, we're going to change it to intentional family, intentional finance, intentional business. And just that all, I want to really encourage people to live all of their life on purpose and with intention and so I feel like the areas that I'm very passionate about are your finances, your family, and your business.
0: Well, those are awesome topics that you're going to be covering. I mean, you already are. You're just now refocusing, you know, your mission statement, basically, and, and, and making it more outward facing than before, right?
1: Yes. We just, over the last two years, I have I feel like I've really found my voice in blogging. And so just then we've been stepping back and saying, okay. So what what does this encompass? What is your voice? What are your passions? And so we last year decided for my speaking topics that we were going to do intentional finance, intentional family, intentional business. And then I was like, well, that's what I'm blogging about. Let's just make that kind of really out there that this is what my blog is about.
0: So I, I think I would take a lesson away from that in that it wasn't wrong for you to have those ambitions about wanting to do all those different blogs and just be as prolific in terms of you know adding to your family as well as your blogging and your writing because you wanted to get all those topics out. But look where it's come. I mean, you had to have that rock bottom moment to really reorganize, recalibrate, really just decide, OK, Here's where we're at and we don't like it, so we're moving forward. And since you've done that, you now can add all those things back in at the right time.
1: Yes. And I think it's really when you can step back and get that breathing room and margin in your life, then you can be at a place where you can start to be very intentional and say, these are the priorities. This is what is important to me. In my book, Say Goodbye to Survival Mode, I talk about how to create your best stuff list. And that's just where you figure out, what am I about? What am I really passionate about? What energizes me? What do I want to wrap my life around? And what's going to matter in 25 years from now? So for me, when I actually sat down and wrote out that best stuff list with just a few things on it, it has helped me to refocus and to be able to hold every opportunity that comes up. In light of that best stuff list and say, okay, is this in line with my best stuff or is this just something that's going to distract me from my best stuff? And when I have that written out very clearly, it makes it so much easier to say no to the things that aren't best so I can say yes to the best.
0: And, and so for your example, you were saying yes to things like, hey, here's this networking opportunity, or here's this blogging opportunity, or here's, you know, this speaking opportunity, things like that that weren't bad in and of themselves, but they were just good, they weren't great. But only because of the timing and the lack of maybe a system of you know priorities and, and having your best stuff thought process set up at that point. But now you get to do those things as long as you know they fit in the right way, right?
1: Yes, and I think that the other thing that's really been helpful to me is to realize that there are seasons in life mm-hmm. where we can't do everything in every season. But in some seasons we will be able to write that book or pursue those opportunities or focus more on refining our speaking or, you know, become a better writer or focus more on social opportunities or invest in our family, whatever it is, that in certain seasons, we're going to be able to invest in different things. And so over your lifetime, you will have done a lot of different things, but in different seasons. And so for me, that gave me a lot of freedom to be like, you know, this isn't the season for pursuing those amazing blogging opportunities or for learning these domestic skills or for you know whatever it is that maybe I'm feeling guilty that I should be doing more of or I see my friend over there doing more of and I feel like I should be to just be, this is the season for me to focus on these few things and maybe in two years from now, I'll be able to focus on some other things.
0: Even I felt this a couple of times back when uh, I believe you and your husband were attending some of Michael Hyatt's conferences where you were saying, hey, are you going to be at one of these sometime soon? And I said, no, sorry. Like the, the two conferences I've got picked out right now that I get to go to are the ones that fit in my schedule for, for me money-wise and family-wise and opportunity-wise. And you know, the other stuff just doesn't fit right now. And honestly, I've made peace with that and I'm okay with it. But uh, for you, obviously, it was great for you to be able to attend those at that time. So-
1: yeah, and I think it's fantastic for you to, to come to that place where you're okay with that and don't feel like you're missing out or if you were there, that would be the catalyst for something amazing. But to realize that where you are, that's where you're supposed to be and those few conferences that you're attending, those are the ones that you're supposed to be attending. And maybe in a few years from now, you'll be able to attend, you know, the Michael Hyatt conferences, What you know. But that it's okay, you can't do everything all at once, and it wouldn't be good for you to, you know, be attending. I don't know, fifty-three conferences in a year, <laughs> and you're going to get more out of them if you're going to just do a few and really focus on them, rather than trying to do everything.
0: So let's take this thought down to a level where, say, somebody who's not attending conferences and, and have no interest in doing that, and that's not, you know, their thing. They're a person who has a day job, or they're a stay-at-home parent, or both of those things. And let's convert this thought process into something they can understand
1: yes well I think that you know for people who are feeling completely overwhelmed the first thing that you really need to do is you need to say no and I strongly encourage people who if you're feeling exhausted and overwhelmed and stuck in survival mode step back and cut out everything from your life that is not a necessity And really, 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 you know, hone in on that word necessity because when you start to evaluate all your commitments and your opportunities and your to-dos, very few of them are necessary for life. And so to cut all of those things out so that you can step back then and say, what do I want to be focusing my time and energy and effort on? What's going to matter In 25 years for me, what do I want to look back on my life and see how, you know, that I've lived and invested in? So when you cut out all that extra stuff, it helps you to have that clarity. So start with saying no and giving yourself permission to say no with a mission in mind that you're going to do this so that you can live in a much healthier place and live a much more impactful life because you're in that healthier place.
0: Yeah, and I think part of this also, I think you'd agree, is, is that it has to do with either the expectations you've placed on yourself, realistic or not, or the, the expectations that maybe you think somebody else has put on you, whether that's a spouse or a family member or uh, even kids or, again, yourself.
1: Yes, I think it's so easy for us to feel obligated to everyone. You know, when people, you know, for those of us who are online entrepreneurs and, you know, someone's writing to us and saying, hey, would you endorse this product or try this out and see what you think or would you read through my ebook, or, you know, would you post about this or retweet this or um, come to this or, you know, network with me on this or answer this question or, you know, those hundreds of requests that are out there we can feel completely overwhelmed by them because we can feel like well i have to be doing this because aren't good networks networking people don't they do this and successful people isn't don't they say yes to all these things and what if i miss out if i say no but when i started saying no not just you know cutting people off and being rude and you know brutal about it but you know really explaining to people i i really appreciate you asking me about this but you know at this time in my life I have committed to whatever, and so I'm going to have to say no, but thanks so much for asking me. So being really gracious about it, but giving them, you know, somewhat of a reason that you just can't say yes to everything. People are so respectful of that, and I found that when I say no to people, it gives them the courage and confidence to say no to someone else, and it kind of starts this really cool viral thing of people being willing and having feeling like they have permission to say no to things that aren't the best instead of feeling obligated to other people.
0: And again, going back to that list of – how do you word that? The list of your best stuff.
1: The best stuff list.
0: The best stuff list, yes. By having that and having that that pre-thought out, then when those opportunities arise, you know whether or not it's a no or a yes – for, for the most part, sometimes you've got to you know think about it, talk with others, pray about it, whatever, and then you can come up with the, the yes or the no. But at least you have then, I guess, the standard of what it's got to balance up against and, and see if it fits or not.
1: Yes, and really giving yourself that grace and to stop comparing yourself to other people because I think this is a really – this is so prevalent, especially if you're online at all, that you can look at other people – just kind of like what you were doing when we're at the conferences and you're looking <laughs> yes. at us, you can think, well, I'm missing out, you know, and I've done that so much where, you know, you look at other people and maybe you think, well, they're getting some really cool opportunities that I'm not, or they're doing all these things and, you know, producing products or blogging more often or more involved in things. And I should really be doing that. But giving yourself that grace to realize that you can't compare your weaknesses to other people's strengths and you can't compare the season of life you're in to other people's seasons of life. And so you just have to focus on doing the best you can with what you have, where you got, you know, where you are and not being feeling like, oh, you know, if I don't do this, if I don't keep saying yes and keep, you know, doing all of these things, then I'm just going to fail as an entrepreneur.
0: Mhm. That's the thing is once we stop thinking about it in terms of a competition with other people, we start to realize really that it's just an endurance marathon. And then we can kind of take care of ourselves to see what is it that we need right now in in terms of self-care and priorities to, to be able to run the race well.
1: Yes. And I found like I am a much better blogger. When I have that margin in my life, when I'm not chasing after everything that dings and dangles. And, you know, it's like I I found that it's always like, oh, we need to load on this new plugin and you need to download this new app and you need to do this and do that and do this and do that. And it can be completely overwhelming. And so I've kind of gotten to this place where I sort of live in this cave and I don't really do the advanced technology thing very well. I have a, only a few apps on my phone and I keep it really simple. And I just kind of tune out all of that noise because those might be great things, but I can't do it all. And I, if I have all these things vying for my attention all day long in all these different places, I can't do what I do well. And so to shut out that noise so that i can focus on blogging i can focus on improving as a writer i can focus on answering you know my the emails and comments and, and engaging with my community instead of spending all day long researching apps and downloading them and upgrading my whatever wordpress and plug you know adding in plugins and all these different things that you can never you can never run out of techie things to do and changing your sidebar and adding this. But at the end of the day, I feel like engaging your community and producing great content, for me, that is what is going to be much more important and carry me for the long haul.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You've probably heard uh, Michael Hyatt say the thing where where it seems selfish, but doing the thing where it's you know you take care of you first so that you can help others and and he I think he gives the example of you know they give it when you're you're on an airplane they say take put your oxygen mask on first before you try to help others and so i know that you you talk about that in the book some is you know what are some of the ways that we can do self care which is a struggle for a lot of people especially when you already feel like If you are mindful of the self-care items that you want to do, you know, exercise, eat healthy, read books, have a morning routine or a spiritual life or any other number of aspects of that realm of self-care, it it can feel like it's just impossible. So why start? So what are maybe some of those most high-impact steps people can add in in a way that maybe helps them gain some momentum in that area?
1: You know, honestly, I feel like one of the most important things that people can do is to sleep more. And it might seem like a silly thing because you're like, well, but I need to be working more. I need to be investing more in my career or my online business or whatever it is. But burning the candle at both ends doesn't give you these superpowers. It just makes you exhausted. And when you are running on empty, you aren't going to be able to be productive and give out well with excellence if you've got nothing in the tank. And so for me, and what I encourage people to do is make sure that you are getting enough sleep. It is amazing how sleep affects so many other areas of your life. You know, If you're feeling impatient and irritable and stressed, a lot of times just getting 30 minutes to an hour extra of sleep at night It's going to fix all those things. And it's going to make you feel so much more calm throughout the day so that you can get more done and that you're much more productive. So taking that time to get extra sleep actually allows you to get more done.
0: What about if somebody says, well, that's great to hear you say that. I'd love to get more, but I can't seem to do it. What do you suggest to them on on how to either fit that in or get to sleep earlier or get to sleep in maybe a little if they're even allowed to? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. Well, I think a lot of it is when you make something a priority and you say, I'm intentionally deciding that this is a priority in my life, then you are going to find a way to make it a priority. But if you just say, oh, that's a good idea. I really should do that. But no, no, there's no way. I don't have – You know, I can't do that. Then you're not going to make it happen. And so think of – are you watching TV at night? Are you on Facebook at night? You know, are you doing these things that are just really wasting your time at night when you could be benefiting a lot more from sleep? So, you know, examining that first off. Maybe you're trying to get up too early in the morning. I'm a big fan of getting up early in the morning. But if you need to stay up late because you work late or, you know, you're up with kids or you have other things going on that you have to be up late, Don't feel, you know, don't make yourself feel like you have failed if you're not up by 5 a.m. It's really okay to get a little bit more sleep. Take care of yourself because in the long run, that is going to benefit you so much more. And even just the power of naps. I mean, a lot of people feel like, oh, I can't take naps. But, you know, don't knock it till you've tried it. Sometimes for me, if I know I'm going to have to be up late, there's, you know, some event or something going on and I need to be up late for it. I'll take a nap in the afternoon. That 20-minute nap can can help me to have the energy to do what I need to do. And another thing that we do is, this won't work for everyone, but it's been a, a really beneficial thing for our family, is to take Sundays completely off. I am offline on Sundays. I don't answer emails. A lot of times I keep my phone completely off. I will just hide it and pretend it doesn't exist. And I don't do anything business-wise on Sundays. And I just read and sleep, and we're just together as a family. We go to church, we spend time with other people. It's just our recharge day. And it's been the best thing that we've done because you can't just work, 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 and expect that you're not gonna burn out. So, having that one day in seven for us to just recharge, refuel, and just replenish our supply, then when Monday morning comes around, you know, I am raring to go because I've had that day to just step back and refill my tank.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, the whole Sabbath idea is is a hard concept for us to still these days in a modern, always on world to, to, to wrap our heads around and figure out even if we do kind of understand it, how to incorporate that. So I encourage everybody to take a moment and see if you can figure out how to do that for sure. You've even in the book, you've got some really great tips on how to get a better night's sleep. What are some of the other ways that Say we've got the sleep thing kind of covered. What's another idea in terms of self-care, maybe of of getting help maybe from outside or something like that, that that can really just, you can start to gain momentum in crawling out, so to speak, of survival mode?
1: I, there are two things that, that I really am a big believer in. And one is that you need to have a purpose for living. And for me, once I got that best stuff list written out, then it gave me, the framework for writing goals. And so I'm very intentional about writing goals. My husband and I sit down at the beginning of the year and we write out goals for the year for our family in different categories, for our marriage, for our kids, for our business, for our personal health, and writing out very specific, actionable, realistic goals in each of those areas, just a few. This year I did 12 goals for the year. And so just a few in a few areas, but they were very specific goals. That gives me so much motivation because then I take those yearly goals and I break them down into monthly goals and then into weekly goals. And then every day I'm trying to chip away and get a little bit closer at the end of the week toward where I want to be at the end of the month that that's going to put me where I want to be at the end of the year. But that gives me a lot worth living for because every single day when I wake up, I know that I am getting a little bit of traction that's putting me in the right direction. So I strongly encourage people to set goals. If you've never done it before, start really small. Start with something that's very, very doable. Don't try to do the yearly goal thing. Set a goal for the week and maybe just two or three really small goals for a week. And as you feel like, okay, I'm getting this and this is becoming more of a habit, then you can expand it and maybe do for two weeks and then a month and then six months and a year. Practice over time and you'll become very proficient in it. But start somewhere and do some little thing. But make sure that you keep your goals very actionable and very specific. And not just sort of like, I want to lose weight. But very specific in the sense of, I want to lose a half a pound this week. And then here's how I'm going to do that. I'm going to walk for 20 minutes every day. Or I'm not going to drink soda pop or something like that, you know, coming up with these very specific things, but realistic and doable, and it's going to give you a lot of energy for life because you realize that you're you're doing something, you're getting somewhere, and you're not just in this stagnant standstill place. So setting goals is huge. I also encourage people to figure out what energizes you and what drains you. This simple exercise for me was life changing. When I sat down and I wrote out all the things in my life that I could think of that were draining me and there were energizing me, I realized that my life was very lopsided on the draining side. And most of what I was doing throughout the day was just taking energy from me. And so I looked at that list of things that would energize me and realized I needed to be intentional about having, you know, Those things in my life. It didn't mean that I needed to spend five hours every day at the spa or something, but I could take 10 minutes to do something that would energize me. For me, that might just be sitting and having quiet and writing in my journal or reading a good book for 20 or 30 minutes or exercising or going to the store by myself, you know, just little things that I can incorporate into my everyday life to make sure that I'm being filled up, that I'm being energized and that I'm not just completely feeling wrung out like a sponge and with nothing left to give.
0: The energizing moments, I was going to say, that's a really good Circumstantial replacement for you know, say somebody still they they've, they're getting to bed early, but they're forced to get up early the next morning due to kids or schedule or just something they can't have any control over. However, if they have those energizing things that midway through the day, if they can't grab a nap, but they can you know have that tea or that time to to read or you know whatever their recharging items are that that's a great way to, to make it through.
1: And it also makes you look forward to like, you know, I know, okay, when I get through this, you know, these five things on my to-do list, then I get to have this, I get to reward myself with Mm -hmm. something that's going to energize me. It gives, you know, it gives you that motivation and you're inspired to keep going and to do it with gusto because you want to get to that reward at the end of your efforts.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I see that our time is pretty much run out there's so much more that we could have talked about from the book alone in terms of, you know, being intentional with your money or intentional with your time. Luckily, if people haven't heard yet, I've interviewed you before, so there's a whole other episode that if they've not heard that, they can stop after this one's over and go back and listen to that one at beyondthetodolist.com slash 29, and in that one, you talk a lot about discipline and goals again, so that's a further, you know, hashing out of that, which was great. Actually, one of the most popular episodes, so. Crystal, it's been awesome to talk with you again. Let's set people straight on where they can go to find out more about the book, about your blog, and find you online.
1: I'd love for you to come check out my blog, MoneySavingMom.com. And a lot of people feel like, well, is it just coupons and deals and all that stuff? I don't really do that. And yes, we do share a lot of money-saving tips and coupons and deals and freebies, but there's also a lot of inspirational stuff for living your life on purpose, for getting your finances in order, and for setting goals and finding that passion and that energy and restoring you know, to a really fulfilling life. And so that's really my goal with my blog to just encourage people to live your life on purpose. So that's at com. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash moneysavingmom and on Twitter at Money Saving Mom.
0: Crystal, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's been great to talk with you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me on again.
0: Thanks again to Crystal for stopping by and talking with us about getting out of survival mode. I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. I know that there are things in there, especially with the... List of things that energize you or the list of things that drain you is really just something that I've been focusing on, especially with the new year and the winter months and all that that we're currently in. Make sure to check out the show notes for this episode at beyond the to do fifty six. And if you liked this episode, I highly encourage you to go listen to the other episode where Crystal and I talk about setting goals and having discipline and gaining momentum. All that stuff is right out of the book as well. And so check that out. Make sure to pick up the book and do me a favor and let crystal know that you appreciated her appearance on this show again you can find her on twitter at moneysavingmom.com. let her and i know that you listened to this episode and what you got out of it and also don't forget to f- grab your free audiobook at audiobooks.com slash to do thanks for listening we'll see you next episode